Hey folks, how you doing you beautiful people? I missed you. Welcome back. I'm not going to take up too much of your time. Just want to let you know, stick around till after the outro song this time. We have a very short conversation um, about the details and the changes that have gone into the making of season two of Storysmiths. And we'd really appreciate you guys checking it out. So stick out. Stick around until after April stops going, and then it's like two minutes. All right? All right. On to episode 12. Let's go. No, no. All right. I'm going to trade you two sheep for that wood. Tell me, honey, does that sound good? Because all I really want to do Take away longest road from you, yeah. Welcome to these tabletop sessions. Welcome to the welcome to the welcome to these tabletop sessions. Hello, fellow gregarious geeks and gamers. Welcome to this very story-oriented 12th episode of the Tabletop Sessions podcast, where we talk about all things tabletop related that have been occupying the hearts and minds of this international group of gamers over the course of the last three weeks. My name is Elias, and with me this week, all my co-hosts are either traveling or have birthday parades in their honor in Durban. So instead, I've managed to wrangle together three people that you might know. And if you don't know, now you know, Tailweaver. Say hi, guys. Hi. Roll for initiative. <laughs> I can't beat that one. <laughs> we have AK Eugenio and Mo from the Storysmiths podcast. So if you're an avid listener of Storysmiths, you know who these guys are. And if you don't, well, now you do. And they'll be uh, taking the place of Ipodima and Byron for this one podcast while these guys are all too busy to do podcasts for you guys. Um, we hope you enjoy yourself. But since this is the Storysmiths crew, I thought we could orient this episode around stories in our previous tabletop sessions. So sessions of gaming that have happened to us where we have awesome stories to talk about. It's kind of the truest episode yet to the name of tabletop sessions. So I really hope you enjoy it. And uh, that being said, Mo, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so um, do y'all remember the game Subterfuge? Or oh, Subterfuge? Yeah. Now <laughs> yeah. that, that shall not so, be named. That, that is a game. Why so, don't you tell us a little bit about what it is in case sure, people sure. haven't heard of it. So Subterfuge is a, um, it's an app. I think it's on Android. I don't know if it's on iPad, iPad, Apple. It's on the, both, yeah. The Apple ecosystem. And essentially it's a turn-based game. That is also um, real-time. It's like a real-time strategy game in app form. And you've got a certain number of actions that you can take. And the object of, objective of the game is to take over like planets that have mines or factories to bolster your empire. And you send little submarines. And the submarines can sometimes carry operatives. And it's really fun and cool. And it's really interesting how they came up with the different sort of um, characters that you could use in their powers. But it was one of the few games that I could play with the people who are out in uh, the east side of the world. And I was, I think I was in, the, I was at West at this point in time. So there was a significant 
time gap.、Um, so it was one of the games that we were able to rally everyone to play. I think by everyone, I say there was about six or seven people. Yeah, yeah. There was, I think there were seven of us. Yeah. Or eight、yeah. of us, actually. Yeah. I think it was eight or nine. Yeah. yeah. So, I yeah. was involved, but I had no idea what was going on at <laughs> any point of the、yeah. whole. Oh, we could tell. We could tell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, can, I, can back, I can back that up with the, the WhatsApp chat logs that I had to go through just to remember what happened. <laughs>、um, ver- verbatim, I think it's like, it, it was like,、um, Eugenio is not a threat. He tapped that、yep. long ago. He attacked everyone, so he would do something. He admitted to me he screwed. <laughs> That was Ricardo. So, this game was interesting because、um, I, 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 like, the way that the map is structured, everyone starts off thinking that they're in the worst position possible. But it's、yeah. like a continuous map, it just goes around the world kind of thing. So, you're kind of screwed. There was no you know, United States, there was no like, one area that was、um, isolated. Know, isolated, essentially. Yeah, thank you. And,、um, Uh, I think Eugenia, start, you started off very strong attacking everyone.、Um, and then, Because I had, no idea, I had no idea what was going on. I just said, oh, so you just, so you just like, you know, flick this over here and that attacks. Oh, okay, so I'll start off like that. Interesting. <laughs> so, so I think one of the people he attacked was myself. Yeah. And then I think at that point, I think Ricardo was close to me.、Um, Elias played the game masterfully. He, I don't know how he didn't manage to piss off anyone. Like, everyone was like on good terms with him, from what I recall.、Uh, he was very diplomatic. And I think Byron attacked also, like, I think he did the Eugenio thing. So I think. So,、right. no, By- Byron, so, Byron and Ricardo, in the very beginning, they had a couple of mines that were between their borders.、Mm. And、um, Byron goes, Well, I'll take this one and you take the other one. And Ricardo's like, Why? I, I-, I mean, I want the other one too. <laughs> so. Right away, there was, there was, there was friction. So,、yeah. Byron and Ricardo go head to head really early on. And Byron comes up with this master plan to attack,、um, to attack、uh, Ricardo. And he's trying to get allies. So, we're out of my balcony talking about it. And Ipo is on the balcony talking to us, too. Yes, let's do it. Yes, do it. We didn't know that Ipo was already part of another alliance with Mo and Ricardo. So, as soon as Byron told him everything, he went straight to Ricardo <laughs> and told him everything. <laughs> there was so much backstabbing. There was. There was. So, what's interesting is that、uh, while we were in, once, in one WhatsApp group with Ricardo and Ipo called the Federation,、um, <laughs> Ricardo and I were in the other one. And the whole time, like literally every few hours, he'd be like, Do you think we can trust Ippo? Do you think we can trust Ippo? <laughs> Ippo Nobody trusted Ippo. Because Ippo would show up and he'd be like, Guys, I said, don't attack anybody. I'm, tra- I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to make sure that we do one like super surprise attack. And we're like, Nah, man, this is bullshit. This, there's no way that he could be on our side. So he, Ricardo would come back and be like, Hey, I think, I think he's playing us. There's like a hidden agenda, but let's just like watch out for a bit.、Um, and I think after, I think at the point where Ricardo had、um, taken, I guess, way too much from Byron,、um, I think at that point, Ippo turned around and he was a bit more、um, on, on side with the Federation. But yeah, it was, it was a really interesting game. That was, that was the problem because、um, I kind of allied with AK and Byron, not super strongly, but we had a small alliance going. And when Ricardo attacked Byron and Kind of destroyed him. He got kind of butthurt. <laughs> so he rage quit the game 
and just left all his shit there. And none of me or AK were nowhere near him to take it. So it just strengthened you guys because mm-hmm. you split up his empire. Like it was, it was nothing. Mm-hmm. So you guys mm-hmm. as the Federation became super strong. And then you guys congregated on AK and um, <laughs> he, he was also about to quit. He was done with the game. He knew he was done, uh, yeah. but at least AK had the sense to be like, Elias, I'm going to send you my stuff. So AK sent me his stuff so that at least I was in a strong position to last the whole game. Because we should say this game lasts a week in real time. So of my alliance, both of those guys were out within the first few days. And I somehow managed to last until the end of the game. And my favorite moment had to come when Eugenio, who I don't know who he was allied with, uh, but at some point he goes, fuck it, I'm dead. I'm just going to send everything at everyone. (laughs) So he just (laughs) comes. everything and it was a it was a fire sale it was a fire sale everything had to go (laughs) i do want to say though um mo is the real mastermind in this game because while he had a whatsapp group with ipo and ricardo and another one with ricardo he was also talking to me and he was making me think that he was on my side and that's why when it was at the end of the game when i was in a position to decide which of the three federation members would win I may I held stuff long enough for Mo to take them because I thought I was allied with Mo. <laughs> oh god, yeah. And Mo ends up winning the game and I'm like, we did it. And then Ricardo and Ipo are like, we did it. I'm like, wait, what? None yeah. of us did it. <laughs> <laughs> because basically Ricardo, Ipo, and me were the second, third, and fourth. So we all helped Mo thinking he was on our <laughs> side and our alliance had won. And in the end, he was allied with all of them. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a great experience. It was the fact that he was so diplomatic in a fair way. Like, hey, Mo, do you mind if I take it? I was like, but that's my spot. Like, what was my advantage if I let you take it? And it was just <laughs> a good, like, 20-minute discussion. And we're very diplomatic. It's like, well, the uh, the lands of Akinia w- uh, would like that spot for themselves. Well, what about my empire? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mo basically... Mo, Mo, yeah, Mo basically Ooh, just played Switzerland. You just basically played Switzerland <laughs> and took everybody's assets. Just Pretty much. Yeah. Down and, he, and he's like, I down. don't know where all this Nazi gold came from. I... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Mo did an amazing job. I think, but, I think at some point yeah. we, we just like asked, uh, Epo, are you a double agent? And he's like, yes. <laughs> just like, I am. Because <laughs> we all thought, because Lena was playing as well, who's, who's Mo's, uh, Epo's wife. Yeah, so I we thought, all I thought, thought he was that playing they Luffy must games. be helping each other. In the end, it just turned out Lena was just doing her own thing, and you know, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Lena, Lena always yeah, does her own card. thing, anyways. <laughs> nice, <laughs> but it was an amazing story, and that's why we call this story that other federation, <laughs> which uh, Mo apparently had a couple of federations go. <laughs> oh man! And uh, thank you so much for that story, Mo. Yeah, AK, thank you for uh, backing uh, me up there, what? backing me up. why don't you tell us the story that we call the villainous confusion well this story actually happened during my birthday we all were just um i think the good six of us it was uh me um dima um elias ricardo ipo and a friend of ours michelle shout out to michelle um uh we sat down to play Shadows of Camelot. Shadows of Camelot is basically a more complex Avalon where we have an entire board where we play a couple of quests and one of us is the traitor. Uh, 
the objection of uh, the objective of the knights is to try to win the game or, uh, by getting as many um, uh, objectives and quests done to get enough white swords. Yes. As soon as we started the game, we all looked at our roles. I looked at the role, and mine was the traitor. So I was like, okay, no problem. I already set out what I had in my mind, and I knew there was like certain quests I can go without and fail without looking too suspicious. So I was like, okay, I'll start off with the Lake and Excalibur. Now, Lake of Excalibur was a dice rolling. Now, if I was lucky enough, which usually with dice I am, I would just roll a couple of bad ones. And I was like, oh, guys, I'm so sorry. I missed it. <laughs> like, I'm trying to so hard as I can, but like, I keep missing it. Nobody uh, believed me. Um, uh, the, uh, sorry, everybody believed me at the time. I'm like, no worries. I could just work here or work there. And I was just basically slowly helping, supporting people, maybe sacrificing myself here and there just to help out the team. There was a huge battle of the bridge, uh, fights against dragon, against the Black Knights. And slowly and sl slowly, the tensions were rising because with Ricardo, he was basically being a lone wolf, as he usually does, and looking suspicious as hell. Because, sorry, but because like at the end of your turn, you have to progress darkness in some form. Mm -hmm. So you can either take away some of your life or you can add like a catapult to the board or there's a bunch of things you can do. And we were at a point where we really needed people to take from their life. And Ricardo and Ipo both had full life and they just flat out refused to take a hit point. And so they weren't suspicious at first. <laughs> like we were playing and no problem. I was like, okay, Ricardo, you're obviously the traitor. So we're not going to believe you, but just do your own thing. So we're keeping tensions were high. It was nearing the end of the game. I think it was only like two or three like siege engines until the uh, game is over. Ricardo looked suspicious. And then all of a sudden we had a game plan. I was like, okay, AK, you do this. Elias will do that, do this and do this. Ipo, please, please, for God's sakes, do this. <laughs> as soon as we done our rolls, Ipo just heals himself. That's and right. just screws That's us That's what he was doing, yeah. Like, it was so confusing. Like, I was, to the point where everybody looked at Ipo, I was like, Ipo, what the hell are you doing? Even Ricardo, who was suspicious the entire time, looked at him, was like, Ipo, what are you doing? I was so confused that I actually had to pick up my roll card, look at it, and I was like, yes, I know there's only one traitor in the game, and it's me. And then I looked at Ipo, I was like, Ipo, what the hell are you doing? Now, everybody thought it was, oh, AK's, like, angry with us. Well, it was more of, like, that's my job. Why are you taking? my job away from me so that just won me the game because everybody looked suspicious uh, another siege engine came in and then everybody was just trying to not to get that last siege engine and i was like um guys so how far are we from losing and everybody's like well we have to do this and we do that well okay i just go in end the game immediately by putting the last siege engine oh and to everybody's God. shock and dismay i was the <laughs> traitor at the end winning the game as well it was so heartbreaking like we knew Ipo quite well, but the more you get, you know, Ipo, the more you understand he is the worst person to play co-op games with because he doesn't listen to what the group might need. Mm. He, he just kind of does what he thinks is best for him. Uh, he doesn't cooperate in a cooperative game, basically. But I didn't really know that back then when it happened. So when he was acting super suspicious, I was 100% sure he or Ricardo, one of those two guys was the traitor. They both couldn't be this selfish at the game. And turns out AK, who's just sitting to my right, being sweet and nice and, and, and doing a good job the entire time, was the villain the entire time. And it's just, if you know Ipo now, like just don't play a co-op with him. The helpful just, villain. Yeah. Uh, maybe another day I'll explain what happened to Spirit Island. Um, no, wait, wait. With, with Ip my experience with Ipo was playing Pericles. 
and having to like you know fight over the <laughs> goddamn what was it what was it the Spartan Senate with him? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, we all have a story with Epo and Pericles. Like uh, I just told one on the last episode as well. I walked um, out. But... Is, it, is it the one I walked out? <laughs> no, no, that one. That one. You were my partner. Yeah. And. Um, and basically, it was in a position where I was about to win the game. And you're like, oh, they're playing samurai swords? I want to play that. And you got up and walked across the table. Yeah, because it was done. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was done. <laughs> and it was the last TT session. You know, it's, it's funny because there's a lot of people that won't play Pericles anymore. And the one thing that's common with all of them is they've all been Ippo's partner in the past. So he's like single-handedly turned so many people off Pericles because he's so selfish when he should be cooperating. Oh my God, it's just... Uh, and his AP you know is Ipo. infuriating. I'm sorry, Ipo, <laughs> I love you. I love you, but in that game, your AP came, you know, came to bloom. <laughs> like, like, one of those, like one of those winter orchids that only blooms every 50 years. Yeah, so that, that happened and AK managed to steal the game, but it was his birthday. So we were all mad for about three seconds and yeah there was mango cake <laughs> it was good it felt delicious and, and then we had mango cake <laughs> all right moving on to the next story which is mine this is a story involving just me and mo and it's the one we call the non-poker filming incident oh. <laughs> so there was a time when me and mo decided mo was coming to visit doha and we decided all right he's staying with me he was staying at our house and we're like, okay, you're staying for like a month. We're going to do this thing like uh, a game a day, like 30 games in 30 days. And we're going to film all of them, okay? And we're going to create like a YouTube show. This is before the podcast. So the first game we choose to do is Memoir 44. So um, Mo comes down to, to, to the table. And actually, no, he was staying at another friend's house. This is before he moved into our place when he was visiting he shows up i open the door and there's a dude standing outside wearing like uh it was like a rastafari hat right <laughs> and huge sunglasses <laughs> he was like wearing like a like a shirt with a jacket on top and he kind of swaggers in completely in character with whoever the heck he was i don't know who he was he swaggers in and I don't know what was happening, so I'm like, okay. So <laughs> we sit down, and we, we play the game, and we record the game. Now, the, the amazing part for me is what I had created was I created like a confession booth, okay? So every time something major happened in the game, me and Mo would go and do a confession where the other person couldn't hear. Oh, yeah, that was And amazing. I had no idea what Mo was saying, but then when I sat down to edit, this thing <laughs> it was like i was treated to the best shit you could imagine <laughs> mo's over there going um so uh, uh this is like right after we taught the game he goes uh so i was told we were here to play poker uh i was told there were cards so i just <laughs> assumed it was poker but uh yeah this isn't poker <laughs> and then the next video is him going yeah i have no idea what i'm doing What's going on? Uh, but heck, we'll find out what's happening. And Mo just played this character the entire time. Um, and he kept saying stuff while we were playing it that I didn't understand. He kept <laughs> making references to poker. So he's like, oh, so this is like poker. And I'm like, bro, I just taught you the game for 40 minutes. 
<laughs> it's not Foga. And then when I finally saw the video, it all made sense. There were videos of him dancing in front of the camera when he'd kill one of my guys and take a medal. There was a conga line of troops running down. Oh, yeah. That so video was amazing. I have this video on a YouTube channel, but it's on private. Yeah. <laughs> And nobody will ever see it. <laughs> because I think I said something that was really in poor taste. Um, <laughs> I don't remember, but I think it may have involved Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> it was something about uh, because you were playing the Nazis and you're black. So it was sort of like, oh, the black Nazi. It was, it was kind of like you, when you showed it to your wife, Mo, and she was like, uh, Listen, I love it because I know you guys, but maybe don't release this to the world. <laughs> I was about to say, let's start a petition to release it. I mean, come on. If if, uh, if Trevor Noah already did his, you know, the, the, the Schwarze Hitler bit, I think it's fine. <laughs> I think comedians are given a level, an amount of leeway that we are not. But uh, basically, it was an amazing experience. We played the game. I made this whole video with graphics and like I was track amazing. Of the score. I watched that so many times. I think my views are probably the most. I, I, sh I show it to a lot of people, but um, it was one of my favorite experiences. And uh, that's why now and always, when I bring out Memoir 44, I look at the person and I go, I know there's cards, but it's nothing like poker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, it was, it was fun. And it was so much work as well for you to edit. I think I think that's why we stopped the 30 days, 30 games thing. Because there was a spreadsheet too. There was a spreadsheet. <laughs> spreadsheet. But what happened was the second game we played was Robinson Crusoe. And it was mm. it was me, you, and Dima. And like halfway through, the camera crapped out. And we were just like, oh, fuck it. We're not going to do yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> and it was we like just a, never did it. had it. like two cameras, I think, or three cameras. Yeah, one like focusing on the thing. The board, and yeah, yeah, it was a whole... Yeah, I felt like we needed a bit more prep yeah. work. That made me appreciate all those board game uh, shows. It's a lot of work. Yeah, really, really, really. Podcast, for to win. One of my favorite experiences ever, the non-poker filming incident involving yeah. Memoir 44. Do it in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do it, man. Anyway, now Eugenio is going to regale us with a story that we call Fool Me Once. All right. Dot, dot. Well, okay, so this one involves... Five people playing Star Trek Ascendancy, I think it's called, over, yes. over two sessions. Both sessions mm. involved the same players, or maybe, no, wait, one session, did it involve Byron? Yes, it did. It involved Byron both times. But the crux of the matter is that it involved Basil both times. Basil, our friend, is a guy who Sorry, is I just want to interrupt. For regular listeners, this story... These games are the reason Byron constantly shits on Star Trek Ascendancy. Every time he mentions how he'll never play Star Trek Ascendancy, which I think he's done about five times till now, th these are the games he's referring the story to. Behind it, the story. Go ahead, Gigi. It involves, and Byron's disdain and absolute uh, you know, hate for that game belongs to me rolling a single <laughs> dice. <laughs> Mm. In any case, in any case, we were playing, and I got I got the Romulans the first time around. So you know they, they're sort of like a passive aggressive race where you have to like you know attack a lot to develop science. So there's a bit of that. 
And the game, you know, proceeded proceeded in general and all of that. And then I realized, oh, crap, I'm really shitty at these games. I mean, there's there, there's a whole, like, you know, bunch of luck involved in it because there's a lot of dice rolling and there's a lot of randomness in the way the the board is set up. But the only thing that ga- those both sessions proved to me is that Basel is a cold and calculating asshole. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I agree. <laughs> So, like anyone in a weak position, I decided, you know, prison rules, I decided to go with the strongest guy in the yard. <laughs> at the beginning, and he, and he told me, yeah, baby, don't worry, I'll take care of you. <laughs> and at the beginning, he did that, right? But I didn't realize, can I swear in the show? Yes, you could swear. Yeah, but then I didn't realize that I was going to get fucked in the ass. But the worst part about all of this is that it happened during the first game. And in this game, it's where I was at a complete disadvantage and I had a, I had a very few choices. One of them was attacking um, was attacking Byron's Federation, this one Federation planet that you know was you know up to the brim with resources, and he had a lot of defense. Uh, he had a good defensive position, and it all came down to me just rolling a six sided dice and hitting a six, right? <laughs> so we're all we're all waiting there, you know, with bated breath. There's Kevin. There's Basel, there's Ricardo, all three of them kind of bunched up over me, over my shoulder, while I'm just rolling the dice going, I, and I was like already, you know, I, were, I was already admitting defeat going like, yeah, well, at least I'll go down in a blaze of glory, right? So I take that dice, I roll it in my hand, I watch it just plink, 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 and it lands on a six, which is what I needed. It was, nice. o- I only oh, needed, yeah, I needed yeah. that number of one to a five, I lost completely, a six, made me take over Byron's territory, and from there, it, w- it, it just meant that Byron's whole strategy fell apart. When that dice landed on a six, <laughs> everybody went mad. Kevin, started, Kevin and Ricardo started yelling, and for those of you who know them, they are loud. And <laughs> Complaints were made. Yeah, there was a lot of dabbing, a lot of white people dabbing, right, <laughs> being done. And Byron right away went for the instructions manual, you know, looking looking at the rules, going, no, this cannot be, this cannot be. And he was really, <laughs> really, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. That game has a luck element to it that really fucks you over. So, you know, so that was session one. Ricardo, <laughs> Ricardo calls me and tells me, hey, we're playing, we're doing it again. Do you want to join? I went like, yeah, this time, you know what? I have a better idea of how this game goes. No one's going to fuck me over now, right? Guess what happens? I get the Cardassians oh. this time, and again, I look at I look at Basel and I think, you know what? I'm gonna play I'm gonna play the poor little lamb again and ally myself with him and then fuck him over, not realizing that he was expecting that from me, and therefore he built this whole strategy about making sure that I wouldn't get into a position. So, the whole hmm. point of this story is if you ever play with Basel, for God's sakes, watch his every goddamn move. <laughs> Hmm. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he, he can be like that. I remember every time I ally with Basil, at some point during the game, he's sitting there considering screwing me over, and I look at him and I go, Basil, if you fuck me over, we're taking this to the next game. <laughs> so he's come so close to fucking me over in every game we've allied. I remember we played Rising Sun recently, and at one point he was just sitting there considering invading this one place that I really needed. And I was just looking at him like, Basil, 
how much have I helped you during this game? If you do this, you know what's going to come down. <laughs> and, and in the end, he didn't. But um, I agree. You got to watch him. If, if you're allying with him, you got to watch him. We still love you, Basil. Absolutely. Shout out well, to Basil. Thank you for those stories, guys. Those are stories involving subterfuge, uh, Shadows Over Camelot, Memoir 44, and Star Trek Ascendancy, all of which are pretty great games, which we all enjoy. Um, and um, uh, just good times and good memories. So these memories have stuck with us over a few years now, and I thought we'd just share those stories with you guys. Um, but now, it's time for the game show of the week, guys. Sorry. You guys are better at this than the other group. <laughs> we have experience. <laughs> I mean, we've got another podcast. <laughs> oh, I bet you say that to all the girls. <laughs> Two minutes to call me a baby now. What are you gonna do? Two minutes to call me a baby now. What are you gonna do? Can't pick right, can't pick wrong. Don't know how to make it through this song. Two minutes to call me a baby now. What are you gonna do? Welcome to the game show of the week, guys. I'm gonna be your host because Dima's not here. This game show is called Two Minutes to Call Me Out. So I've written, I've written an incident that each of you have gone through that I know about. Um, I've done my best to make sure it's stuff that the other two don't know about. So basically, you're all going to make a statement, which might be true or might be false. And the other two will have two minutes to ask you questions to determine if it is the truth or if it is a lie. If, the, if they successfully guess whether someone is telling the truth or the lie, that's worth a point. But you as the person, if you successfully dupe the other two guessers, so if it's a lie and you dupe them into thinking it's true or vice versa, that's worth two points for you. The person with the most points at the end wins. There is a tiebreaker uh, if that is needed. So we're going to go through it, and we're going to start with... Eugenio. So, I once had a doctor tell me about his weekly Catan game nights while giving me a physical. You now have two minutes to ask him questions. You, you had a doctor... Okay. Uh, Eugenio. Give you a physical? Okay, uh, Eugenio. Uh, what was the physical for? The physical for was a required physical that the Austrian Rugby Union needs from all players playing in the league. Okay. Mo, do you want to ask a question quick? Yeah, <clears throat> which version of Catan were you playing? He said Catan because listen, I don't play Catan, and I only know the I only know the the regular one, and I assume he played that one because he gets together with his kids and plays it that they're both in college and here in Vienna. So yeah, wait, wait, you played Catan? How did he bring up the story? So basically, a little bit of background. My the guy who gives me the phys the physical here is a family doctor of ours. He's he's an Austrian doctor who's a GP and a traumatologist or, you know, uh, whatever it's called to check, you know, whatever you get hurt. And he used to be married to an Argentine who was like friends with my, um, with my parents. Right. So he's my go-to doctor. And one day when he was doing a physical to me, he says, so what's up with you? What are you doing? Oh, I got into, what are you doing in Qatar? Or, you know, uh, what, what were you doing and stuff like that just to catch up. And I told him, oh yeah, I started playing board games. And he says, oh, that's so cool. You know, I have a weekly board game night with, uh, with my sons here. 
And I said, oh, that's so cool. What do you guys play? Ah, we usually play Catan because, you know, it's fast and, you know, it's easy, it's easy to play. So, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, I think well, he's telling the truth. You guys have 30 seconds. You can go ahead and... Ask him one more question more. You can ask him a question or you can go ahead and put your guesses on. Two sons... Which days did he say he was playing on? Which date? Days. Yeah, which days does he play on? Usually, yeah. Usually, he gets together with them on Sunday evenings because you know one of his kid, one of his kid ha has a job, like an intern or something, and he works on Saturdays. So Sundays usually, and it's usually the time that Austrians get together because sometimes they work on Saturdays. All right, you guys are out of time. I'm gonna need to hear from you. Ak, do you think he's telling the truth or not? I will say he's telling the truth. Mo, I'm gonna say he's not. Eugenio, would you like to tell them if that was true or a lie? It is, in fact, a lie. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so Mo gets a point for that. Yay. And what made you change your mind, Mo? You 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 did you 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 smirked on the camera when I said it was oh. true. I know. Oh it's not fair. I was reading. Should have looked at Facial quick. <laughs> that's that's it is a podcast, Mo. But hey, point for you, Mo. Well done. Well that's a point that the next person on the list. Right? So right now Mo has a point. Mo, you're going to be the next one. So I'm the reason that Elias owns Twilight Imperium. Hmm. And your two minutes start now. Yeah, Henry, you go first. Okay, so which edition and when did this happen? Third edition, one of the three times that I lived there. Because I used to come in and out. <laughs> I, I think I left the country like three times, right? Yeah, like three <laughs> yeah, times. All right. I was like, oh, so I'm leaving. What Bye, sold... <laughs> So what made uh, Elias got, uh, get sold on Twilight Imperium? Like, what made him, like, say, yeah, you know what, I'll get it? Uh, it's a big box, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the biggest there is. Is there a bigger one? There isn't. It's the biggest box. Uh, I think Indiana Jones or that World of Warcraft game might be just as big or bigger. Yeah. Uh, All right, so my, 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 my question is, um, did you play a game with him? Did you get people yeah. together to play it in order for him to play test it? Uh, no, I think, I think um, that was the first time we played it. Like all together. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember who was there at that we session? Didn't, we didn't play it. We didn't play it before the time. So he got it, and then we played it. Yeah, we didn't play it before then. I don't think there was a so, copy in like the country prior to that. All right. So, Unless so, it was with uh, someone else. I don't know. There was that dude in the other board game place, but I don't think he had it. Sorry. Next question. Eugenio, maybe another question? Uh, the thing the thing is, he's being very vague. So. <laughs> right? Uh, wait, hold on. Um, Shut up, Now, okay. The reason he got it, was there any reason for him to trade it or not trade it afterwards? Trade it? Did he trade it? Did you trade it? Is it gone? No, no, I still have. Yeah. Still has it. Oh, okay. Mm, okay, fine. Um, you have ten seconds. I've got nothing. All right, yeah, I got I'm nothing either. The answers now. Do you think he's telling the truth that he's the reason that I own Twilight Imperium or not? Mm, I'll go first. I'll say he's lying. Okay, and Eugenia. I'll say he's telling the truth. Mo, would you like to tell them? I was also surprised that I was telling the truth. <laughs> Oh, nuts. <laughs> Wait, what made you say that, Eugenio? You didn't flesh it out as much. 
Yeah, I clearly said that. I don't know how to lie. Yeah. <laughs> still, still, the the vagueness can point to one of two things: either you're not, you don't remember it very surely, or you're trying too hard to improvise on the spot. And we know mm. that you can improvise on the spot. So. Oh. Mm. So yeah. So the story is actually um, Mo Mo told us he was leaving Qatar three separate times. <laughs> and every time he'd leave, he'd be back in a few months. Like literally, just to tell you guys how it was, the first time he left, his his goodbye party was huge. There were so many people. The third time he left, it was me, Dima, <laughs> Eric, and Ludi. And because <laughs> nobody believed him anymore. Everyone's like, ah, he'll be back. <laughs> it's just no big deal. Um, but yeah, Depends. so the first time he said he was leaving, I was sad because, um, you know, I love Mo, and um, <laughs> and uh, me and Mo had talked so much about let's try this big game Twilight Imperium. Let's try it. it's going to be amazing, and it was just so expensive. Plus shipping all the way to Qatar would have cost more than a hundred dollars just for shipping. So I was like, I don't. And it was kind of like hard to get at the time. It was going for over a hundred dollars. So I was like, I don't know um, about it. So my wife, oh Dima, everyone knows Dima. Dima <laughs> surprised me. And bought a copy and shipped it. And she said, "We're gonna play. It, getting, it, I'm getting it for you so that you can play it at least one time with Mo before he leaves Qatar." Oh. So because Mo was leaving Qatar, that's the reason that Dima bought me the game. So he's 100 percent such the a reason. sweetheart. We miss her. <laughs> See, yeah, we do. if I well, gave you guys all these details, you would know it's true. It's just, it's just, <laughs> it's too sweet to be a lie, you know. <laughs> no. So but those are the tied. those are the ones that sting the most. <laughs> yeah. So so we're currently tied at one point for Eugenio and one point for Mo, zero for AK. However, if he does dupe the both of you, he could win this. Mm. So Mo, uh, AK, would you like me to post it for you? Uh, no, I've got it right here. Actually. Okay. So this is AK's story. All right. So during this year, this year's TTS Con, I spent fifteen minutes talking about my underwear and the Queen of England. Okay, my question is, what did the conversation, how did the conversation arise? Well, we were playing 18 Lilliput, um, and we're just like talking about history and stuff. Um, and during um, the 18 Lilliput, we we're just going on like different histories and so on, different um, monarchies of different places, and then we went on to England. Um, and then we went on to like, oh, what, weren't we supposed to like do alternative histories for the podcast, uh, for Story Smiths? And then we said like alternative histories. I don't know how, but somehow we ended up saying like just random people propositioning um, Mary Queen of Scots. And one of the propositions was somebody coming with a kilt without underwear, but then taking off the kilt and putting on underwear. Yeah, that's very specific. Yeah, that's the problem. Did you mention magic at all during TTSCon? Uh, no, we did not play magic. We discussed. I discussed a little bit with Basil because um, uh, Basil's just got into it. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Uh, here's the problem. AK would be someone who talks about his underwear and the Queen of England. Both. <laughs> Both at the oh, same. Would I? You know, you would because you have mentioned it before. I did share, I did share a room with you, and when we went to Essen, so I'm pretty aware of that. 
Okay, uh, I do not remember the underwear in Queen of England that, <laughs> that time, but anyways. I remember the underwear. Um, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> you have 10 seconds, guys. Uh, were you talking about specifically your underwear that you were wearing or your underwear as a general idea? Um, more of a general idea because again, it's like the, the the alternative histories and so on, coming with a kilt, coming with underwear, and I was like, thought, and I thought it was funny that like, um, imagine I just come in just the underwear without the kilt. All right, guys, I'm gonna need an answer. What Eugenio? color is the underwear? What do you think? Oh, it's too late. Uh, you're out of time. Sorry, guys. Eugenio, true or false? Oh, god damn it! I'm gonna say false. I'm gonna say true. Ak, would you like to tell them? It was true, <laughs> but what actually happened, we were playing, um, uh, what was the game again, Elias? Uh, the Extraordinary Adventures of Baron Munchausen. And they asked me, how did you end up seducing Queen Victoria? So I ended up having this convoluted long story about how I was a lord that was just passing by on All Hallows' Eve, getting lost in the mist, ending up in... Um, Buckingham Palace and Queen Victoria helping me out with my dirty trousers. Hence why I was in underwear and then one thing led to another. All right. Well, well at the end of that, Mo takes the victory with two points to Eugenia's Woo-hoo. one and AK's zero. Aww. But great job on the lying there. Yeah. <laughs> That is my go-to. Well done, Mo. Well, the, t- the tiebreaker was gonna was, was gonna be one of. Sorry for me. Mo's already won, but you guys want to yeah, try yeah, it? Anyway. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, yeah. come on, hit it on us. All right. Uh, the first time I met Stephen Bonacore, the owner of Stronghold Games, he complimented me on my shoes and asked where he could buy a pair. Which shoes were they? When was this? They were this? these red shoes that I bought from New York just before I went to Origins. Wait, All right. Oh, this is Origins? I would remember the story then. Yeah. Well, yeah. it happened before you came. Oh. Mm. Hmm. Wait, we went the opening day. What year no, was you this? Came, you, you came at the end of the opening day. Uh, Me and Dima had the whole day. Then uh, you and Erica showed up. Um, this was 2017. 2017. Where were the shoes from? I, I bought them in New York. I'm not sure the name of the store. I still have the pair. Um, I think they start with a B. They're called Brooks or something. There. Yeah. What Brooks Brothers? They don't make. Do they make shoes? No, no, not Brooks Brothers. Just I think I can't remember the name, man. It, it's Balance. a nice pair of red sneakers. No, it wasn't New Balance. <laughs> Wait, um, what were you talking before he re- um, mentioned the shoes? I was trying to buy a game from him. What game? So he was he, he was manning the booth, mm. and I was trying to buy. Uh, what game? Yeah. yeah, it was not alone. Oh, the story then is true. Oh, not alone, not something else. Um, yeah, I think I'll say it's true as well. You both think it's true? Yep. It is not. Oh, Damn it! Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's dead. It was. Um, it, I bought. I bought not alone after you were there, Mo. You were with me. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I so, thought it was true because you said it was like sold out. Yeah, I I was really afraid to say not alone, but um. I guess your memory didn't catch up with the fact that you were next to me when I bought that. Yeah, yeah. No, because it was sold out at some point. Uh, it was just hard to get a demo of it. That was the main uh, thing. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so I was completely bullshitting, obviously. But, um, yeah, well done, everybody. Mo wins the uh, game show of the week. Two minutes Woo-hoo! to call me out. Congrats, Mo. You don't need to know you how bastard. to win. Yeah, take that, lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> do, you guys, do you guys hear that sound? Wait, hold on. What, 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 what is that? What I do. 
I do. Do you guys know what it is? I mean, you guys have never been on here. We hear this all the time, but like, yeah. oh, I mean, I guess, I guess, even though he's not here, it's the Hippocratic Corner. Oh, that was the banjo. <laughs> yes, not a bazooka banjo. Welcome to the Hippocratic Corner, Sons Hippocrates. Uh, basically, for this week, I decided that going in theme of storytelling stuff, we're going to pick our top three games that tell stories. And to kick us off, AK is going to give us his top three. Well, for my category, um, I couldn't know, know what to pick because there's a lot of games that I haven't played that tell really well stories and so on. So I said I'll pick one game I haven't played, but I think it's a great idea, a game, and two games I've played. So with number three, it is Sign by Thorny Games. Sign. Sign is an interesting experience. It is not per se a game, but an experience of how to show... Um, uh, th- basically, it's based on the idea of in Nicaragua where. Oh, sorry, is that the one that came with uh, with dialect? Dialect. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, their own little baby, and any uh, physical b- copies bought actually go to the Nicaraguan um, signing um, association. I don't know what it exactly is, but essentially, the game itself puts you in that position where Nicaragua is trying to find out its own way of making its own sign language. So it puts you in that position. You do not talk through the entire game, and you're trying to, for, for example, introduce yourself by using sign, and then you have a little break, just like how they do in like preschool or these um, uh, sign talking games. And you go on without any um, talking, and you just learn from the experience of how a um, sign language is actually formed. So I thought just for the idea, it's just a beautiful game, and in that way, it tells a real-life story. For my number two, I took a mainstream game I think a lot of people know, and it takes the great ingenuity of storytelling, Gloom. And it is an actual proper game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was going to be my number two as well. (laughs) um for obvious reasons i picked gloom because again it is a simple game that can be played and people play uh, win and lose but again it's the story of how miserable your family is (laughs) so that was my number two um and also the cards and how they like lay on top of each other is just brilliant i just love the i love i love the redheaded stepchild in gloom it is hands down my favorite character Oh, God, yeah, it's always everybody's favorite character in every single story. Yeah. It can get horrible, dark, or funny, like, as depending on the people of the story. And every time I played that game, and I had amazing storytellers, so that's my number two. But for my number one is actually a birthday present from Elias and Dima. Mm. It is a beautiful game called Tales of the Arabian Nights mm. by Zeman Games. Now, Tales of the Arabian Nights is... A game where you are part of the Arabia uh, Thousand and One Nights. You play as Sindabad or Scheherazade or Zamorod, and you just go throughout the entire world. And the amazing thing about this game is that it's um, choose your own adventure story. And the way the story is like built up is just amazing. And you can also work it with how things happen. Like at one point, Sindabad, uh, played by Michelle, was living uh, the life of luxury. Um, Seducing everybody, male or female. <laughs> um, and then you get like Dima, who was Scheherazade, who was exiled from Baghdad, but then somehow came back and became the Tsar and the Vizier and so on. With Elias being Zamorud, ended up 
meeting and encountering every genie you can possibly every come across. Every fucking gin. Like, there's a deck of cards that's huge, and somehow every card I drew was dealing with a gin. <laughs> to the point where he even gets absconded by a genie to the land of genies. The dusky lands. And <laughs> myself playing Alibaba was playing the most... Um, tragic story where basically I tried to steal for somebody it ended up horribly and just being cursed with envy and stealing from somebody but somehow because I was pious I was on my way to Mecca I still don't get arrested for stealing from somebody or attempting to steal for somebody I just love how you died in that game you were like cast into a barrel out into the ocean oh, while, while the pirates were throwing rocks at you or because something. I was mad at one point and I thought I was entertaining for a point then they just let me to die again on the sea and I just died tragically now the great thing about the game even when I'm dying you can come back again and just try to continue your story so I continued my story as Alibaba's da uh, daughter Ali Aba uh, Mama Ali Mama <laughs> still very tragic I lost that game but it was the most wonderful night it's not, it's not about winning and losing it was a great time it was a great story for that is my number one storytelling thank game. you so much ak now eugenia could you give us your top three all right okay so number three is a game that some of you might say yeah not really but i rate it as a great storytelling game because it gets people who don't like storytelling or the aspect of playing a game to storytell to actually give a damn. And surprisingly enough, it's a Mansions of Madness, second edition. Oh, wow. oh nice. Good. Good yeah. Because with the uh, with the companion app that I can stream to my TV, which is fantastic, um, it helps the mood, it helps tell a great story. I'm saying this because my wife, which I whom I love to bits, is not a big fan, <laughs> is not a big fan of storytelling in general. Like she didn't like, for instance, she didn't like Gloom because she didn't like the aspect of telling stories. She likes games that, you know, have a little bit more, you know, punch to them. But she got drawn in with Mansions of Madness simply because she loves the fact that every story that happens is different. Obviously, it also helps that the, um, that, you know, that the artwork's gorgeous and that with the new expansions coming out, they've improved and added things to it. And they've, it's, actually, it's actually very, very good. So much so that I'm really thinking of building that, you know that uh, steamer trunk to put everything in. Hmm. Oh, yeah. So pretty much. And I love the fact that it works on computer as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that does help a lot. My number two is the aforementioned Gloom, which I remember having a blast actually playing with AK, where we came up with the most horrendously, you know, dark <laughs> stories possible. And we were playing with a couple of young, uh, younger, younger guys from um, in, at, at, at our usual haunt, the Cheeky Camel, who weren't that used to storytelling, but between Aki and I, we managed to draw them in and give them a push to storytell, you know, to flex their storytelling muscles. And for me, that's why that game was so good, because it's easy to play, and it allows them to just use a phrase from the cards to build something around what is happening to the character. Sometimes it was, you know, it was hit or miss, but at least we're happy it went somewhere. And my number one... Although this might be considered cheating a little bit because it's not technically a tabletop game, although it is a tabletop game, it is, in fact, 
Dungeons and Dragons, or am I committing a of felony course. here? Of course, no, yeah. no, you were right. Yeah, I, I, you had to. Like, it, I didn't pick it because I knew you were gonna pick it. So I was like, <laughs> you take D and D, I'll take my thematic dark and no, no. But uh, we'll we'll agree that D and D is a an amazing way of, or, or and in fact, any other any other storytelling system, any other role playing system that does put an emphasis on you know on on character RP on role play. On building with your fellow fellow teammates and, and uh, fellow players, a story is in my book the best kind of game. We we played D and D. AK is well aware of our, which I'm sorry to say, I have the campaign we have to finish of Tomb of Annihilation, which has brought us misery, joy, <laughs> yeah, which has brought us misery and joy in every shape and form imaginable. Poor uh, poor AK's Tabaxi Paladin has been frustrated to no end by the other players. Which includes Byron, our our resident Mexican Sergio, and Kevin, our uh, stabby stabby rogue. Um, but <laughs> well, I guess that's, but- that's a great top three. Um, I was hoping someone would bring up Dungeons and Dragons because um, that has to be on here, obviously. So, um, well done, good choices. Um, anyone have anything to add about D and D? Well, I've never then played it's it. It's a great game. Oh my! You've never played D and D? Nope. Oh my God! Oh, Story you, Smith's episode. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it on the next season of Story I just, I just, I just want Mo. I'll, I'll, I'll pre-make. I'll pre-generate a character for Mo. He's going to be an orc bard, not a half orc. <laughs> yes, an, an orc bard who is just trying to break into the world of stand-up. Huh. <gasps> yeah, that is very fitting. All right, guys, because I'm I'm rough at humor. <laughs> that, that was a great top three. Um, I'm gonna go next. Mm. Uh, my number three is Sherlock Holmes, Consulting mm, Detective. Very good choice. Um, it's, I think, the best written board game, if you want to call it that, of any that I've tried. Um, a big thing for me is the writing of something. So when when I'm playing like a Eldritch Horror or Mansions of Madness or a um, Detective, the new one by Portal, when the writing seems when it seems like a game designer wrote it, 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 it takes me right out of the story as a person who loves writing and reading. It, it matters very much to me. And I feel like Sherlock Holmes consulting detective till now is the best written story. You're going around this uh, world of London and it, it actually exists. It feels like it exists. And there's characters that recur from case to case. And there's the newspaper that you read and there's so much stuff in there that has nothing to do with anything leads you down false alleys. Oh, it's just so good. It's beautiful. The great group as well. And, mm. um, you gave me as well, mythos tales, which is basically the, right. um, eldritch uh, lovecraftian theme of it still just as good but with a little bit of a twist as well in agreed, their own way agreed great games um my number two is uh, the aforementioned twilight imperium oh so oh interesting um, choice yeah when i play twilight imperium all i want is a series set in the ti3 uh twilight imperium universe you like, just want you just want some you just want jim henson to make the uh what, what, what's the name of the uh of, of the khajiits Oh, the uh, the Emirates of Hakan. Yeah, Hakan. Hello, my friend. 
Hello, hello, come with me, come with me, please, please, please. It's as well. They are my favorite. The, uh, the, the, the lion Arabs in space are definitely my favorite. Yeah. If you have coin, Khajiit has whales. <laughs> Khajiit has whales, yeah. No, um, definitely Twilight Imperium is up there for me. And just the, every time I finish a game, there's always a great story. The first time we played it, the one Mo talked about before, I was attacking this guy who used to be in our group called Jesper, and uh, we were playing with the... Uh, the, it's basically the Star Wars rule where if you have fighters going up against a war sun, which is basically a Death Star, you can enter the trenches and try to you know blow it up if you roll like a 10 and then a 10 again, which is super hard. And he managed to blow me up and I was fighting his lowly fighters and I had massive dreadnoughts and war suns <laughs> and he beat me. And it was ridiculous and it was a great story. Um, there's the story of when Mo was playing and he attacked another person who was called Am, uh, Amutha, and uh, we just didn't know how vicious she was. And as soon as Mo did anything, she just stopped playing the game and spent the entire game crushing Mo. It was amazing. <laughs> um, but my favorite story of Twilight Imperium came when we played the eight-player game. So we were playing. Uh, I don't think any of you were there for that. We played two separate galaxies connected by a wormhole oh. nexus. And um, early in the game, for no apparent reason, Ippo assassinated, uh, this is all the expansions, assassinated one of Ricardo's guys at the Senate. And so Ricardo spent the entire game trying to get through that wormhole nexus and kill Hippocrates. And he literally spent the whole game doing that. So what happened is he kind of vac vacated his territory of our space to take over the wormhole nexus. And I just sort of absorbed all of that. So I became almost unstoppable. And I was destroying everyone and I was about to win the game by taking over uh, Michelle's home planets. And Right then we had a diplomatic Senate thing and they all went outside on the balcony, everyone but me, and discussed together and uh, came out with what we call the, uh, the, the space Brexit. But basically <laughs> they, they voted that no one was allowed to invade planets anymore. This is a game about invading planets, right? And the rule came out. That nobody is allowed to invade planets, all to stop me. And so I was never able to take that planet, and the game ended in a draw wow. between me and Dima. And <laughs> it was just one of the best experiences I've had, even though I'm the one that got fucked. But it was such a great experience. Um, so Twilight Imperium, just it has stories and spades. I love the game. Um, and my number one uh, is Fog of Love. Which, uh, this is a theme, but this is actually a gift from AK. So, and Byron. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but basically, Fog of Love, for those that don't know it, is basically a romantic comedy, the game. So you can play a, ma a, a guy and his girlfriend, you know, two guys, two girls, whatever. Uh, you play a gay couple, you can play whatever you want. And um, while you're playing it, you're basically playing scenes, cards that are scenes. And then it gives you options of how to react. And you and your partner both secretly select how you're going to react to it and you're each trying to get your own goals so maybe you want to be dominant in your relationship maybe the other person wants a harmonious relationship but at the end of the day you're trying to get these relationship points and it's just so good like it's the it's one of the only games i can sit and watch an entire session and i have when chez and harriet were playing it i just sat and watched the entire thing because it's just a beautiful story it's a master class of game design and I just remember I was playing this um, actress with uh, like smoky eyes or something. And I was dating Dima, who was a, uh, she was in, he was in, uh, she was playing a guy and he was uh, in politics or something. And at one point Ooh. I come back and I say, listen, if the cops 
come to our house. Just tell them last night I was with you at your parents' house. And uh, then the three options came out, and Demo picked hell no. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you to jeopardize my political career. And it's just such a great story. And you finish it, and like you have a real story of a great relationship. I just, or a terrible <laughs> relationship, which could happen. In that case, yeah. Um, I've played it quite a few times, and I really enjoy Fog of Love, my number one game that tells stories. Nice. Mo, you're up next. So, um, y'all selected Gloom and Twilight, and I think I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> well, well for, for the same reasons. I think for the opposite reasons. So, Twilight, for the reasons you mentioned, that it creates a story from the people, and... F- Gloom is sort of, it allows people to enter storytelling in a way that is accessible. Um, I think that's what I enjoy about it because everyone is terrible and telling a terrible story is a great gateway to telling <laughs> a story, I think. Um, so, yeah, Twilight was three, Gloom was two, but I'll change it up and I'll say um, Sheriff of Nottingham as number three. And okay. for the same reason, it's a very light game. And what I enjoy about it is that it allows a, any sort of hidden mechanic game. It allows people to, you know, it, it just gives people the the ability to lie um, without feeling guilty. So sort of lifting society's <laughs> shackles, uh, so to speak. And I've witnessed, so this is in, in, in Lagos. We got a bunch of people in Lagos, Nigeria to play board games. And one of the ones that would actually like hit the table was Sheriff of Nottingham for that reason. Um, because <laughs> lying is so frowned upon because it's sort of expected. <laughs> so when it was allowed on a table, um, people were like, oh, okay, let's just let's just do this. And there was this one guy <laughs> who's like always gregarious, always like happy. And he main, he managed to maintain that happiness and gregariousness and also lie. And we were all shocked <laughs> nice. because at the same time, he was barely paying attention. So <laughs> every two seconds, the long game. Yeah, exactly. Every two seconds, it's like, wait, do you understand what just happened? Like, no, explain the rules to me again. And yet he like won by some crazy amount. Uh, number two would be so Resistance, Avalon, uh, yeah. Werewolves, all of those. Like I, I put them in the same bucket, but they're essentially the same thing. So allowing people to sort of. Uh, generate a story by the end of the night that they can take away. Um, can I pare- can I parenthesize that yeah. that the most paranoid social game I've ever played with a full set of people was Secret Hitler with a <laughs> oh, full repertoire yeah. <laughs> of ten people. This involved this involved our resident uh, gloom stalker Arseni, right? Shout out to Arseni. Woo-hoo. You know, being the most Woo-hoo. stoic faced. Stoic face guy, you know, he says, "Are you smiling?" Of course, I'm smiling. <laughs> right? And there was a group. There was a group of people that we usually didn't hang out with, and it turned out that that whoever got chosen as Hitler ended up being this very sweet, small Filipino girl. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, and I by that and, game. and by the end of it, I was like, "No, no, <laughs> you, you people!" I, I just did like the "you people" thing. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, I haven't. I think I played that once, in a very socially awkward space. It didn't work out. Um, mm. yeah. You need. I think you need characters for that. You need like people with some sort of character. Um, number one is Dead of Winter. And oh, oh yeah. yeah. 
And I like that one because so Dead of Winter, it's like a zombie survival game. You're all shacked up in a little school and you got to make runs to these different areas. But everybody has their own objectives and you don't know why people are going where and for what reason and to collect what. And there's like a community pool of resources and some people act really shady and start stealing supplies um, or keep medicine to themselves or don't throw away garbage when you tell them to because they're brats. And um, <laughs> you were always surprised at the end by who was um, the traitor. And also everyone yep. tries to get the dog um, as, as the character, <laughs> yep. the playable Everybody character. wants a good boy. Yeah. Well, uh, Mo, can I, can I add to that? Yeah, yeah. Um, Barb, my, my wife, is a huge fan of that game. Nice. So much so that I got, we, I got the, the larger expansion and the Colony Wars expansion mm. that allows you to play... What I think is every survivalist's wet dream: play the lo- <laughs> the lone wolf mode. Oh, oh! While you're playing with the group. So no. So basically, what happens is you be- you expand a little bit the amount of players you can have. Mm. So I think it's it's the aforementioned five, but then you have one person who is just the shacked up survivalist who's the lone wolf, and they have like special abilities and stuff. And they he, that lone that lone survivor can e- that lone wolf can either help the uh the colony or just you know fight against them kind of like you know an old guy in a tree shooting people well so i i think <laughs> i think i'm interested well i'm notorious for my disdain of dead of winter <laughs> but uh, so i can't say i love your top three but good job, good job. <laughs> <laughs> top three, i like it yeah all right guys so that brings us to the end of this tabletop session thank you so much for listening Please check out our very active Instagram account at Tabletop Sessions. You can reach us through Twitter at TT Sessions QA or join the conversation over at our Board Game Geek Guild. And you can find the link to all of these in the episode description. Of course, you can always find AK Eugenio and Mo and myself telling tales together on the StorySmiths podcast, which you can find at www.storysmithspodcast.com. Guys, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you and if they'd like to listen to more of you or get in touch with you? Well, for me, I'm only on StorySmiths podcast, unfortunately. Hopefully, I'll uh, post something or push something when I have something. But for now, StorySmiths. And thank you for having us, by the way. Pleasure. I'm, yeah, um, like AK said on StorySmiths, there might be something in the future, but I cannot share it with everyone right now due to, well, concerns (laughs) regarding privacy and all of that. But when it happens, we might announce it on on StorySmith Podcast. I might ask Elias to be a dear and also announce it on Tabletop Sessions. Thank you very much. Of course, of course. But other than that, yeah, like AK said, StorySmiths. And yeah, it's been a pleasure for you having us, Elias. We really, really missed this. Yeah, this was fun. (laughs) I'm so happy. Um, I myself am a recent father. And it is currently late. And the baby is asleep successfully. Um, And while the baby was cooking... I end up creating a small podcast called Future Dads dot Club. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I am currently, Future Dads dot Club. And I, it's awesome. an awesome podcast. I, I listen to like they're very small, bite sized episodes. I like binge listen to all of them, <laughs> and it was you're too. Kind. I really enjoyed it. No, really, like it opened up a lot of discussions and things I talked about with Dima, and um, I really enjoyed it. And uh, 
definitely check out future dads. Yeah, if you know any future dads, send them that way. That way. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, it's fantastic. Anyway, guys, please rate us on iTunes or on Apple podcasts or rate us through your Android podcast app of choice. There can never be too many five star reviews and we'd really appreciate it please. to help get the word out. Uh, so we'll be back in three weeks with the regular cast of people. And until then, to quote one of my favorite writers, God damn it, you've got to be kind. Say bye, guys. Bye. Absolute TPK for the whole party. Totally do. Tabletop, 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 top. Tabletop, top. Tabletop, 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 top. Table, tabletop. Table, table top, table, table top, table top top, table top, table top, table top top, table table top, table table top, table table top For those of you still here. Um, and for those of you who are listeners of Story Smiths, we just wanted to talk to you about season two. We've kind of been on hold. There's been some changes. We've changed the podcast up a lot. We've also been waiting for a few of our, our hosts to get settled. And we should be starting up at the end of this month or beginning of August. And um, we've changed it up a lot. So Story Smiths, what it was um, and is, always will be, is basically telling stories with the listeners, the tailweavers. So... Previously, in the last season, it was a 12-episode arc, and we told the story over the course of 12 episodes. And between each episode, the listeners would recommend things, and the most upvoted ones would become part of that story. However, upon, upon checking up like what people like, getting a lot of feedback, which, you know, w- w- that's what we want. We want you to be able to listen to it comfortably. We've changed things up on, on StorySmith. So I want to talk to these guys about it. I, I, they know about it already, but... Just uh, get, you know, just tell you guys all about it. So one thing we're going to do is we're going to go with shorter story arcs. They're going to be between one to three episodes, depending on how, um, how much that story gives us back when we start telling it. And they're going to be based on, completely based on listener recommendations. So rather than picking up a world, you, we're going to release some sort of template and our listeners are going to go on Twitter or wherever. And they're going to say, I want to hear a story of, you know, this world where this is the twist to it. And then we're going to take that and work on that. Sometimes it'll be one episode. If it goes longer than one episode, we'll have polls where people can vote on how things change. So kind of like a choose your own adventure podcast in a way. And we can get your feedback and change the story. Um, I I know you guys were fans of the idea of shortening it. Um, So um, that's going to happen. Another thing is we're going to have two things. We're going to have the regular season and then we're going to have a summer schedule. And this is where Eugenio's uh, discussion of uh, Dungeons and Dragons come about. But we're basically going to be playing a role-playing game where Eugenio or AK is going to be our um, dungeon master. We're blessed to have two fantastic dungeon masters in this podcast. We try. And we try. We are in good hands. They're, they're basically going to be taking it. And between episodes, people are going to be recommending things and sort of inserting themselves into the world. So our characters have a decision to make and this character presents the decision to them. Now you as the tail weaver become that character in the story. So let's say Eugenio is our dungeon master for that. You'll work with him once he selects your idea and sort of work on, okay, so we're going to use this name. You can give whatever name you want and this character is going to be in it. 
and he's going to give this decision and this decision, give you guys, you know, information. Like, do you want to keep doing this or do you want to hear some new information about someone you love that's being, I don't know what. So, uh, Eugenio, what do you think about that? Well, it's great. Put it this way. You tail weavers can be a guest star in each and every episode of the whole role-playing session. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Think how amazing it would be that you say, yes, yes, I've told them to do that. And they're, and they're, you can say, you can say like, yay, they're doing it. Or yes, they're falling into my trap just as I planned. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what's going to happen with StorySmith. So look out for StorySmith season two, starring AKA Junior Mo and myself. And uh, that should be launching in August, 2019. And look out for the fact that you guys could continue to be tail weavers and shape our stories you can follow along you can skip an episode and still be okay you're not going to fall behind and on top of that you can be part of our role-playing game during our summer schedule so uh we're looking forward to having you guys over on story smiths season two as long as you're telling more stories always 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 (laughs) (laughs) all right guys insert evil laugh here (laughs) (laughs) okay all right this is the end of the episode all right all right all right right, i'm gonna stop this and stop